Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill, and this episode going to be talking about, well, a person that, believe it or not, is still in the news today after, gosh, old, almost 13, actually it is 13 years since this episode aired, and that is... Britney Spears. So, the episode that I'm going to be talking about today is called Britney's New Look. And if I could say anything positive about this episode, it is that this episode, and I'll I'll try to remember to talk about this more later, it does a tremendous job in showing how obsessed uh, the American culture and, and some cultures in general as well are obsessed with celebrities and when they get into trouble and, you know, have like these breakdowns. But before I dive into the episode, let's talk about the woman that is focused on this episode, and that is Britney Spears. Britney Spears was born on December 2nd, 1981 in Macomb, Mississippi. She is a singer, songwriter, dancer, and actress. She is a mother of two children. Her sister, Jamie Lynn Spears, also had some success on television on iCarly. Now, the first time that you really saw Britney Spears was when she was a young kid on the 1990s revival of The Mickey Mouse Club, which aired on the Disney Channel. I do, I actually remember um, that being aired on the Disney Channel. Now, Britney, you know, obviously at that point, you wouldn't know or you wouldn't figure that oh my gosh, you know, these people were on there. But you look at the group, or the the collection of talent, I should say, that is on this re, you know, like this version of the Mickey Mouse Club from, like I said, 89 to 9, it's 89 to 94. That's, that is the, (laughs) that, that's, that's how long it was. So I'm going to read off some names, and maybe some of you will know them, maybe some you won't. So besides Britney Spears, we had J.C. Chazez, we had Carrie Russell, Christina Aguilera, Ryan Gosling, actually that's a surprise, I didn't even know Ryan Gosling was on there, and Justin Timberlake. Now, what do Christina Aguilera Ryan Gosling, Britney Spears, and Justin Timberlake all have in common besides being on the Mickey Mouse Club? They were on the last season of the Mickey Mouse Club. So they were there from 1993 to the end of the series in 1994. So four years after the end of the Mickey Mouse Club, uh, Britney Spears has her first big hit with 
Hit Me Baby One More Time, which became a huge hit in, 1990, in 1998 and into 1999. Um, of course, the song, or the video, I should say, the video is mostly remembered for her outfit as she was in a schoolgirl's outfit for the music video. She also would have a she she had many hits. Another one was Oops I Did It Again, which came out in May of 2000 and she just was on a roll. Uh Slave for You is another big hit that she had. She performed in the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, I think it was Super Bowl 35 that uh, Britney performed on. That's the that's the one with like NSYNC and uh, Mary J. Blige and Aerosmith are all on there. Um, but other hit songs that she had in this time include Sometimes... Born to Make You Happy, From the Bottom of My Broken Heart, Lucky, Stronger, I'm a Slave for You, which I did mention. And then she does a cover of I Love Rock and Roll. Yeah, I, I try to forget that. I, I, I really try to forget that cover. I, I, I really do. Like It gives me nightmares. Uh, she also had Toxic, which was a big hit for her. Uh, she did a cover of My Prerogative, um, and her last, you know, she kept going until about, well, actually into 2020, because her last song that she released was a song called Matches with the Backstreet Boys, so that was interesting, you know. Um, obviously her personal life has been very documented um very you know focus of attention we all know the relationship she had with justin timberlake for a long long time uh which justin i think about six months to a year ago as of this recording has since apologized for the way that he treated her uh britney spears got married twice the first time was to Jason Alexander. No, not not George Costanza from Seinfeld. I mean, uh, a friend, a close friend of hers named Jason Alexander. That marriage did not last long. I think it was like twenty four hours or something. And then married Kevin Federline. They were married for about two and a half, close to three years. So Britney Spears, you know, the whole. Her life has been so documented since really kind of the time of the Mickey Mouse Club, but then eventually once she became a hit singer. And it's so scary how, you know, she has this up and down and up and down and up and down. And, you know, there's this whole legal issue right now where, you know, it's like, people are trying to fight to get Britney free, you know, and it's like, no, she should be with someone that's going to keep her stable, and it's really about, um, you know, the, the money, one thing, but also a bunch of other things, but, you know, Britney Spears' life has really been focused on 
a lot. And this episode really does a job in a way of making fun of Britney Spears, but it's not as much making fun of Britney Spears as it's making fun of, like I said, the obsession that we as a society have with celebrities when they mess up. So, now that I've said that, let's get into this week's episode, Britney's New Look. The episode originally aired on March 19th, 2008, and was written and directed by Trey Parker. And we begin our episode with a presidential debate. Well, it's not really a presidential debate. It is more of the democratic debate between Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. I've already talked about Hillary Clinton last season. I will talk about Barack Obama later on in the season. So, Stan, Kyle, Carmen, and Butters are forced to watch this debate with Stan's dad. And Stan's like, you need to watch this. It is good for you. It's going to help you. When all of a sudden we get late-breaking news, it's Britney Watch! Yay! So, so I, I, I don't know if it's Fox News. I know it does say Fox News, but I'm not really sure if it's... Fox News for certain. But anyway, they break the story that Britney Spears has gone camping in the woods in South Park. How about that? Wow, she's camping in South Park. And, you know, you'd think, oh, they're going to give her time, let her, you know, be in peace and, you know, just get herself relaxed. No. See, this person, this one person, takes a picture of Britney Spears peeing. And when you zoom in into the picture, she's peeing on a ladybug. And because of that, this photographer got $100,000 for the picture. And the boys are like, wow, we could get money for taking a picture too? So, they're like, Carmen, go get your camera. We gotta get a picture. We gotta get a picture of Britney Spears. And Butters is like, no. I'm not doing this. I think, you know, we need to leave Britney alone. We've pushed her too far. I think we just need to leave her alone. So, Butters ends up going with the boys. And he's dressed as a squirrel because... Well, the squirrel outfit was supposed to be for an Easter performance, but eh, I guess, you know, if you're going to use the squirrel outfit, you may as well do it with Britney Spears. So there is a bunch of people outside of the Comfort Inn. That's Comfort Inn with a K. And as Stan said, just like a moment before in this episode, he says she must be staying at the Comfort Inn because it's the nicest hotel in the entire town. Maybe he's right. I don't know. So they try to get in, but they're blocked by security when they pull this trick of, we're Britney's kids. And Butters is like, no, we're not. We are not Britney's kids. Well, the security guard falls for it anyway. So Britney is kind of down on herself because she didn't know that she, when she peed, she was peeing on a ladybug. 
and she's doing her nails and all that when the boys are let in. Now, Brittany is thought or is led to believe that her kids are here, which obviously she's not. So, because of this, she's so depressed that she can't take it anymore. So, what does she do? She takes a shotgun, puts it in her mouth, blam! And that's the end of Brittany's new look. No, that's not it. So after she shoots herself, you have like this five, seven second like frame of the boys just looking. And Cartman just leaves. He doesn't say a word. He just leaves. And Butters leaves. And then he's like, you killed her. Okay, that was a very random line, but kind of true. So the security guard comes and he's like, oh. So now we go to the hospital. Kyle and Stan are there waiting to hear about Britney Spears. I don't know why. She shot herself through the mouth. She should be dead. Well, the doctor comes over and tells them that she's alive. She, she, she's alive? Somehow she's alive. Well, Stan and Kyle want to go in and apologize to her for what they did. And the doctor at first is like, I'm, I don't think you should really do it, but I'm going to let you do it. So they let her in, or they let them in, and they look at Britney Spears. And it's like all but from like part of the top lip down is still there. So, like, her nose is gone, the eyes are gone, the brain is gone, the ears... Basically, that part of the face is gone. So, if she wants to talk, it's going to be like this. And that's going to be the entire noise that Brittany makes for the entire episode. So, they come to apologize to her, and they feel really bad. And they can't believe what they're seeing. And then we get another Britney watch. And, you know, it's more news coverage where they are talking about how they think, they don't know what's happened yet, but they think Britney has gone in to get a new look for herself, even though she did have, you know, a boob job, and you could see the scar where they had the boob job done, and... The media is all over this. They're taking pictures. So Brittany's manager comes in. And, you know, he, he's worried about her. And the media is there. So they try to get Brittany out. Like, they try to get her out of there without the media noticing. But they get caught. So after a little while, they manage to get away. And the manager is like, you know... You're looking good, Brittany. I think we should do a new record. So they take her to the recording studio. And Brittany is recording a new song. And Stan and Kyle are like, You know, this really shouldn't be happening, right? You, you really know this. But they don't care. They really don't care. So Brittany performs the song. And, and she's in her dress, or like a, in the schoolgirl outfit. Like she was in Baby One More Time. So then, 
we go to the MTV Video Music Awards, where Britney Spears starts the show. She's the performing act of the show. And she does this performance, and, you know, people are like, oh, this is terrible, this is horrible. And one person's even like, she's lip-syncing. How could she be lip-syncing? So anyway, I want to go for a minute, just talk about, well, the MTV Video Music Awards. Now, in the episode, um, most of, or actually in this episode, they say that it's the 2007 MTV Video Music Awards, which is kind of weird because this episode airs in 2008. Um... Britney Spears, I don't... Be- oh, yeah, she is on. She she's uh, she performs uh, Gimme More and does the intro with Trouble. So she is on the show. Um, so I'll read a little more about the Britney Spears performance. Britney Spears served as the opening act of the show performing her new single, Gimme More. She appeared in a black, jewel-encrusted bikini and black boots. She performed the opening lines of Trouble before segueing segueing into Gimme More. The performance was universally panned by critics. Jeff Leeds of the New York Times said that no one was prepared for Sunday night's fiasco, in which a listless Miss Spears teetered through her dance steps and mouthed only occasional words in a wan attempt to lip-sync her new single. Vinay Manon of the Toronto Star commented Spears' look hopelessly dazed. She was wearing the expression of somebody who had been deposited at the Palms Casino Resort by a tornado, one that promptly twisted away, taking her clothing and sense of purpose. She was lumbering in slow motion, as if somebody had poured cement into her streetwalker boots. David Willis of BBC stated her performance would go down in the history books as being one of the worst to grace the MTV Awards. Immediately following Spears' performance, comedian Sarah Silverman presented a monologue that included numerous derogatory jokes about Spears, her career, and her children. Silverman joked that Spears at 25, had already accomplished in her life everything she ever will and called her son's most adorable mistakes you will ever see. Silverman's monologue received criticism for its harshness towards Spears and her children. Silverman responded to backlash by saying, It never occurred to me that would be deemed hurtful or over the line. Really? You never thought that? Silverman's monologue garnered renewed criticism in 2021 following the release of the documentary Framing Britney Spears. Silverman expressed regret for her monologue, saying that MTV had hired her to perform a mini-roast of Spears and that Silverman had not seen Spears' performance before going on stage. The day after the performance, American vlogger Chris Crocker posted a video to YouTube titled Leave Britney alone! Okay, I'm going to be honest. At first, I thought the person was a woman. I didn't know it was a guy. But again, this was 2007. 
in which he cried and defended Spears' performance, explaining that he did not want her to spiral out of control like Anna Nicole Smith, who had died in February 2007. Within the first 24 hours of its posting, the video accumulated over 2 million views. Leave Britney alone turned Crocker into a celeb or an internet celebrity and was featured on television shows such as The View and The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. It was also parodied by dozens of other YouTube users, most famously by Seth Green. An editor for YouTube said the melodramatic two-minute clip made Crocker an instant YouTube star and named it one of the top videos of 2007. Wired named it the top video of 2007. Oh, wow. So that's... Okay, so now I know that's where that video came from, was from that... I, you know what? I probably don't remember that. I've really, I really... I remember the video. I don't remember where the video came up from, like what started the idea. So, after the performance, um, Stan and Kyle get Britney out of there. And they're trying to find a way to get her out, like to get her gone. So... Now we see them, they're at a train station, and Stan is like, I'd like three tickets to the North Pole, please. And they're like, three tickets? Who's going to the North Pole? Me, my friend, and his aunt, which is Britney Spears. Well, allegedly Britney Spears. And then we get another Britney watch, where they show a photo of Stan and Kyle with Britney Spears. So during this time that they're, you know, focusing on Brittany with Stan and Kyle, they zoom into this picture. And Brittany apparently has a camel toe. So, you know, this is a word that kind of fell out of um, our society, I think, in the last several years so i'm going to bring it back for a moment and tell you what a camel toe is and i'm going to use urban dictionary to tell you what it is a camel toe is a crotch cleavage especially on a woman the outer lips of female genitalia visible through tight clothing i'll use it in a sentence did you see that girl in spandex she had serious camel toe going on. Yeah, that was a big thing like 10 plus years ago was like, oh, this person's got camel toe. This person's got camel toe. It was... You, you youngsters don't realize what you are missing today. Really don't. So, in other news, a giant squirrel was kidnapped, or was not kidnapped, but was captured and has been taken to Johns Hopkins Hospital for psychiatric evaluation because he says that he is a real boy. Hey, we actually have our first funny joke in this episode. Way to go. <laughs> Poor butters. So, the guys try to get on the train. And the paparazzi is there, and they follow them, and then they hide in a closet. So Stan is like, there's no way we're going to be able to get on this train if they keep following us. So Kyle comes up with an idea. So his idea is he takes the hat, the wig, and the sunglasses 
that Britney Spears was wearing. And he starts running. And the paparazzi follow him. So that way Stan and Britney can get onto the train. So now Kyle is being chased by everybody. And then he finally ends up in a park. And it's like, come on, Brittany, game's over. You can't hide forever. And then Kyle takes it all off. And then he goes into this speech of like, why won't you guys just leave her alone? You're going to end up killing this girl. You know, he gives this heartfelt speech. And then someone's like, well, that's what we wanted to do. Huh? See, we want to kill Brittany. And then it gets, this is like the only other funny part of this. Is like they get into the whole like omen thing where it's like, you know, it's like this whole like sacrificial kind of sound, which is, this was the only other funny thing in this episode. Well, actually that in this part, because we have Jimmy Durante. No, we don't. We don't have Jimmy Durante. It's, uh, I, I think it's Trey that does the Jimmy Durante part. Where it's like, Meanwhile on the train, young Stanley is trying to get Brittany to the North Pole. So, Stan and Brittany are on the train, and the conductor is on uh, the radio, and he, he tells him that she's on there. So then... A bunch of people gather up in this cornfield and they are getting ready for when Brittany comes out. So they stop the train. Stan and Brittany get off the train because they see the paparazzi coming. And then they get to this cornfield and everybody is coming. And then all of a sudden, Here's Kyle's parents. And they, you know, at first, Kyle's like, guys, thank God you're here. You, you know, the, the paparazzi or, you know, harming Brittany. And then he finds out that his parents are part of this. They want Brittany to die. And then here comes Stan's parents. And Randy's like, look, there, there's things that, we don't want to tell you about until you're a little bit older, like using condoms and doing sacrificial uh, rituals. And basically, the whole point of this is Brittany is to be sacrificed so they could harvest some corn. Huh? So the way they do it is they take pictures of her. It's just... Picture after picture after picture after picture. And it's to the point where Britney Spears dies. And then everyone leaves except except for Stan and Kyle. And they're just standing there. They're just like in... They're just shocked. So then... We get to the fall and we have, you know, this, or maybe in the summer, actually, I'd say the summer, where, you know, you got these fresh corn, corn on the cob, and, you know, it's all good. And we see Stan's family and Kyle's family at the supermarket. They're picking up corn. And then the TV is on. And it's entertainment tonight. And they talk about how 
Miley Cyrus is becoming a major hit superstar. And then and then Randy's like, she would be perfect. And then everyone does it, and Stan and Kyle are looking at each other, and they're like, ah, what the hell? And that that's the episode of Britney's new look. And I want to say before I dive into this, before I give my rating, dive into the episode. If you think about it, they kind of predicted Miley Cyrus on this one because she does like this complete 180 and it's like she's not, um, <laughs> you know, this role model that you'd want, you know, for your kids to have. Um, I honestly thought at one point that, you know, like she was going to go downhill and there was going to be no way that she'd make it back but eventually she got herself together and you know i mean i mean am i a fan of her music no i'm not but she did get herself together every once in a while she'll wear weird clothing but she did manage to get herself together so i at least i'll give her that so this episode oh boy uh I'm gonna admit this. This is actually kind of a hard one to watch because it's a dark episode. I I know they're trying to be funny and there's like a couple moments where they try to have funny moments, but it doesn't really hit. But like I said, there's two or three moments that are actually laughable. The rest... I just could not get into this episode. I don't think aged that well. Although, like I said, they did do a good job in talking about, in a way, with the paparazzi and how the paparazzi sometimes can be responsible for others, you know, being hurt or worse, you know, dying with probably the most famous one being when Princess Diana was killed, you know, being chased by the, the British paparazzi. God, that was 23 years ago, almost 24 years ago. Um, <clears throat> this, like I said, this was kind of a hard episode to watch. So, and I don't think it aged that well. So I'm going to give this episode a four. That's going to be my rating for this episode now um some notes that are a couple of notes about this episode this episode was based on uh the short story the lottery by shirley jackson and several lines of dialogue are quoted from the story so a little a little bit about the lottery so this is a short story that was first published in the New Yorker on June 26, 1948. The story describes a fictional small town in the contemporary United States which observes an annual rite known as the Lottery, in which a member of the community is selected by chance. The shocking consequence of being selected in the Lottery is revealed only at the end. Now, readers' initial negative response surprised both the writer, Shirley Jackson, and the New Yorker. 
subscriptions were canceled, and much hate mail was received throughout the summer of its first publication. While the Union of South Africa, it, it had not become just South Africa, what banned the story entirely. The story has been dramatized several times and subjected to much sociological and literacy analysis and has been described as one of the most famous short stories in the history of American literature. So, there you go. I've never heard this story before, but uh, glad... Well, actually, they've done several adaptations of this. Uh, they did a 1951 radio adaptation. Uh, there was a tele television adaptation on Albert McCleary's Cameo Theater. And then there are two film versions of this. Uh, the first one was in 1969, produced as part of the Encyclopedia Britannica's Short Story Showcase series, was ranked by the Ameri or the academic academic film archive as one of the two best-selling educational films ever. It has an accompanying 10-minute commentary film discussion of the lottery by the University of Southern California English professor James Durbin. It features Ed Begley Jr. as Jack Watson in his third film. Larry Eust, who directed this, uh, his adaptation has an atmosphere of naturalism and small-town authenticity with its shots of pickup trucks in Fellows, California and the townspeople of Fellows in Taft, California. The other version, the last version, was in 1996. Anthony Spinner did a feature-length version of this, which premiered September 29, 1996 on NBC, and is a sequel loosely based on the original story. It was nominated for a Saturn Award in 1997 for Best Single Genre Television Presentation. Uh, reception. IGN gave this episode a 6 out of 10, stating that the episode was more like series of near misses as opposed to a complete disaster. Blogcritics.org also gave this a mixed review, saying that the human sacrifice metaphor is apt, but much of the comedy falls flat. Let's go to IMDb now and let's see what they thought of this episode. Over 2,400 people have given this episode a rating. The average rating is a 7 out of 10. 349 people gave this a 10. I really don't know why. 226 people gave it a 9. Uh, 94 people gave it a 4. That's the grade that I'm going to give it this week. And 108 people gave it a 1. For males, the average rating is a 7, with its highest demographic being 18 to 29, average rating of a 7.1. And for females, the average rating is a 7.7, .7, which is surprisingly higher. Highest demographic is the 18 to 29 range for females with an average rating of an 8. That is quite surprising of a score. Alright, well, let's go into the reviews of IMDb and see what people thought of this episode. So, uh, going to start with... Well... Let's see, when did this episode air? Air on the 19th, so we'll go with the earliest uh, comments here. 
Start with RBX from the show who wrote, You have your hits and your misses. And this one was nearly an epic failure. The episode came too late, six months after the VMA controversy, so I'm more forgiving. However, no laughs were to be had for me. While this episode attempts to criticize the media's over-reporting of Britney Spears, the humor, if you can find it, falls flat. As a matter of fact, I can almost call the episode unfunny, completely antithetical of their usual style of humor. For instance, the writers overplayed the half-headed Britney gag to a point where it became nauseating. Additionally, the political message was completely disputable in addition to lacking any humorous backing. The saving grace was towards the end. My compliments to Parker and Stone for the Wicker Man and the lottery references. If anything, don't watch the first 15 minutes of this episode, and only watch the last 10 or so minutes. You won't miss much. Oof. Alright, let's go to another one. This is from Ten Part, who wrote, Now then, season 12 so far has been hit and miss for me. Seeing as it's only two episodes into it so far, I won't comment on that. After seeing Tonsil Trouble and having little laughs, I personally thought the next one will be better. How I was wrong. Britney's new look starts out with some promise about how the media today is more interested with celebrities' downfalls, as shown in the first scene where Randy and the boys are watching TV about the debate, looking bored. Then the debate gets cut off by a Britney report. Suddenly, Randy jumps with excitement about what she has been doing. In this case, camping in South Park and peeing on a ladybug. Then the boys get an idea to try to make money from getting a photo of Brittany shitting on a squirrel after seeing that the guy who took the photo of her peeing on a ladybug getting thousands of dollars. This could be the setup for what could be a funny show, putting the boys in some funny situations. No. Brittany blows her head off with a shotgun. The episode then just becomes all about how Stan and Kyle want the media to leave her alone. The episode is more about us, the public, than it is about laughs. Showing no matter how down and depressed that Britney is in real life, the media are always there to make money of her and we want to know all about it. Personally, I couldn't care. I understand that Matt and Trey like to make episodes about what's going on in the news or whatnot. But with this one, I personally reckon they were just fishing for ideas. The show is, and always will be, great. But for people only just getting into it, they will probably see different when making shows like this one. Alright, uh, let's do... Okay, this is from Quadrospazed, who wrote, I think as this episode seems to be in support, in quotes, of Brittany or her situation, people are critical of it. Granted, it's not the best episode ever created, but there are some excellent moments and the mood change towards the end was brilliant. Remember, South Park is a comedy show, not the central vein of opinion. Okay, that's a good point. I think people can get far too involved in things like this, and as soon as something hits slightly below the high standard South Park enjoys, there is an outcry from the hardcore fans. This episode in no way deserved one star. It's not Family Guy. Just appreciate how good South Park is in comparison to most other things on TV. 
Not every episode can be a cartoon wars or imagination land. Imagination land. Just take each episode as it is. Fair point. Alright, let's read a couple of the more recent uh, reviews that were written. Uh, this is from WinHughes-43722 who wrote, A love it or hate it episode, and I loved it. A beautifully dark, depressingly real portrait of the reality celebrities like Britney Spears have to go through. Honestly, if someone told me the whole plot twist of the episode was real, it sadly wouldn't even be too shocking. Good point. Uh, let's read one more more recent uh, review. This is going to be from Ezed, who wrote, This is a perfect example of a classic South Park episode. However, it gets its classic status not just due to the sheer comedy, but the fact that they tried something different and did it spot on. Unlike many other episodes, Britney's new look explores the serious matter of celebrity harassment and over-the-top criticism, with a hilarious South Park-style approach. Um, you know, it's like I said, I to me, I don't think this episode aged well. Um, and I'm sure there are going to be people that are going to disagree with me, which I'm totally fine with, but... I just don't think this episode aged well, and um, I think the topic matter has stayed the same, you know, with the paparazzi and celebrities, and you could insert any celebrity into that situation. It's just, I, I think this one did not age that well. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97, and you can join the Facebook group, Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. You type that into the search bar, and you are right there. If you can't find it, it's okay. I, ha I, put, it, I put the link in the description of each and every episode. Now, you're probably wondering, where was Kenny on this episode? Well, Kenny was not on this episode, but he will be in the next one because they are paying homage to the 1981 cult classic movie Heavy Metal with the next episode Major Boobage. And I'm going to talk about the movie Heavy Metal, give my thoughts on the movie, plus talk about why the soundtrack to the movie... Oop, my microphone went down. Why the soundtrack to the movie is one of the best soundtracks, I think, that has ever been put out. So check us out next time on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am Bill, and I'll talk to you all later.